Good morning. I'm Tim Neubauer, and welcome to Safety Unlocked Morning Podcast. And I am Chad Huffman. Today is April 7th, 2023, and it is Good Friday. Our morning podcasts are focused on current safety topics. A quick rundown of today's and this weekend's events. National Coffee Cake Day. Mm, goes with our morning coffee. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good Friday, uh, National Beer Day. National No Housework Day. Oh, I get boy, a I love that. Out of that. <laughs> and woot, woot. Sunday is Easter. Uh, today is the last day of Medication Safety Week and Window Safety Week. So we actually had some podcasts on um, on them, not podcasts. I'm sorry, some safety moments on uh, on our social media channel where we talked about different medication safety. Uh, 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 scenarios and window safety week where we talk about window safety. Um, and those are available on LinkedIn, YouTube, uh, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Facebook. I, I think I've covered all those uh, out there and, and we tend to have those out there every single week. So don't miss that opportunity to, um, to visit our other social media channels and see these great video uh, content um, that we have out there. Yes, please go check those out for sure. Get some good information, absolutely. And we've we've wrapped up a couple of series on podcasts too on immersive training in the metaverse. Uh, uh, so so if you haven't heard those previous ones, please uh, give a listen on the podcast uh, platform that you use. Um, so uh, first of all, good morning, Chad. Uh, I know it's a little early for us this morning as we launch our first inaugural uh, uh, safety unlocked daily morning podcast Monday through Friday. Um, and I wanted to talk a little bit uh, this morning, our topic, we're going to try and stick to one topic uh, where applicable and keep this uh, short and sweet. But um, uh, okay. yesterday here in Raleigh, um, a clerk at a downtown convenience store stabbed a customer um, and that person died. Uh, now, oh, the wow. details aren't fully available um, and we're not going to discuss the politics of uh of a potential shoplifting event because we don't know this yet. The police haven't really said anything. Uh, but what this brings to mind is that we've already had a couple of fatalities. Uh, here it is, the seventh day of April, and we've already had two or three fatalities here in North Carolina since April first. And, and I'm sure if I was to expand that nationwide, that worker on worker violence is is um, is growing, and 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 and. Uh, uh, so I thought it'd be a great appropriate topic today uh, to talk about that. Um, you know, and, and we could also roll in that um, I, I know for you, it's near and dear uh, because your, your, your day jobs in the school system is that uh, we just recently had the event in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. That's always something that we're, that we're mindful of. And um, you know, we have, training that we go through and you have people that you talk to about those things. Um, and in one sense you have preparation, right? You always want to have training. You want to be prepared. And I think there's probably another sense where things like that happen. And, and sometimes it seems like you, um, you've got to make quick decisions, you know, and you have to, you have to jump, jump and figure out what do I need to do in this situation? Um, but I think a, a lot of times you see, People make comments as these stories come out, and um, like in the the case in the shooting in Nashville, um, the some of the comments that came out were 
Um, the police responded very quickly. Uh, there was really good training that was involved. Um, and then other times you have things that come out and people say, we weren't sure what to do. Or maybe the training was there, but, you know, so somebody blanks or someone gets, you know, panics or something. You understand those things. Right. Um, but sort of like in the in the workplace scenario, um, to have those things happening at such an alarming rate um, in our culture, there's just a lot, you know, there's a lot there that needs to be considered, especially if you're a business owner, right, or a company owner or someone who's a supervisor or something like that. Um, a lot of things to, I think, uh, be thinking about and trying to um, ponder, consider yeah. as you deal with these things. So, so just to to uh, to be clear, the the three employees of the school uh, who were killed in Nashville—that is a workplace violence event. Um, uh, the children yeah. are employees, and and it's tragic, tragic, uh, it's sickening, heartbreaking for me. Um, and, and I don't want to to use that as our, our um, uh, as our drumbeat for action uh, and workplace violence because this is a school also a school related where children died. Uh, an example is uh, earlier this week, one man's dead and another man charged with murder uh, at a local uh, convenience store uh, in our area uh, in Durham, North Carolina Monday. Uh, two co-workers got into a disagreement and uh, one pulled out a weapon and discharged the gun and uh, um, and killed his coworker. Um, literally the week before, a man was stabbed to death in another one of the, uh, of, of, I'll call it bedroom communities of Raleigh, following a workplace fight. What's, uh, what's very interesting about that case is apparently, according to news reports, it actually had started the day before at the end of the shift and led to the fatal stabbing the next oh, wow. morning at the beginning of the shift. Um, now this is this is uh, 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 we're going to talk here in a minute about how to prevent this stuff. But um, in both of those cases that I said where worker on worker, those are OSHA recordable and workers compensable events. So the employer has a duty to to protect employees from known hazards that are causing or likely to cause death or serious physical harm. That's a general duty clause. Um, you know, and 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 it, we're going to talk a little bit more about that and some of the stats here in a second. Okay, um, some of the uh, stats that we have. Let's see. This is according to latest releases from Bureau of Labor Statistics. Uh, Twenty thousand seven hundred and ninety workers in the private industry experienced trauma from non-fatal workplace violence in 2018. Uh, these incidents required days away from work. So I was thinking about that, Tim. Tell me if I'm right on this. So the the examples we had were obviously, unfortunately, um, deaths. But we're also talking about if there's like a fight that breaks out, right? Is this considered the same thing? Is there a difference? Absolutely. It, the, the, the staggering thing for me is as you read these stats is April is actually recognized as workplace violence prevention awareness month with the goal of increasing awareness and recognize and prevent and respond to workplace violence to this month April where we've already had these these fatalities is actually occurring in April where it's workplace violence prevention month this is to me this is yeah. amazing 
is 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 that during this very important month where we're talking about it that these events are happening at a record place. Now, your stats that you that you read, even though those are uh, <clears throat> several years old, those are the most recent stats that we had available to us. Um, yeah. Wow, it's just 71% of the injuries were female, uh, 64% ages 25 to 54. So we're talking uh, fairly younger people. Um, yeah. uh, it, I, I will point out for our uh, our listeners, 73% of those who were injured were healthcare or social services or assistance industry. That, 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 that That's amazing. But I want to give an even more staggering statistic because this flips some of the demographics upside down in that. So those were injuries. Let's talk about fatalities. 453 people were killed by workplace violence. Killed. 82% of that were men. So go from 72% injuries were female, 82% were men. So, so this thing yeah. escalates to, to catastrophic uh, uh, levels. 47% were white, 66%, basically the same demographic, 25 to 54. Um, and and interestingly, 20% were sales-related occupations or performing protective services for another 19%. That's Those are uh, very telling numbers when you talk about workplace injuries worse workplace fatalities. Just, just really incredible. Uh, numbers uh, staggering, but because we're safety people, let's talk about the hierarchy of control and how do we prevent this. Now, I, I literally don't yeah. want to get into the politics of this, uh, and I know that not every situation is going to be uh, 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 solvable. Um, there's just too many variables. Um, so, but what can we do about this? We're talking about the the hierarchy of control. It always starts at the top of the elimination. And I don't know how to eliminate workplace violence because as long as we have two people working in proximity to one another, or let's face it, we don't even need to be in proximity with the internet. We have internet bullies and internet uh, uh, pundits out there. Uh, out there, so I don't know how to eliminate. But anytime we have two people interacting, we're going to have conflict. So I don't know how to eliminate that. Uh, substitution, and, and and Chad, the the more we do this, the more you're always going to hear my joke is, if can I do it by a drone? You know, can a robot do the mm. job? Is can I get Rosie, the uh, the the robot from the, the Jetsons, to do all the work, and then I don't have to do it anymore? I don't think that's realistic either. Which brings sure. us down to the next three levels of the hierarchy of control, which is engineering. Now, I am I I am a fan of in most cases engineering out the problem, um, but I also know that it's not possible. Let me give an example. Uh, I watched a. Um, after the school shooting in Nashville, I watched some uh, uh, videos of these these uh, things you can do in schools that will allow you to prevent the shooter from entering. And some of them looked really cool, but they were absolutely absurd, such as a movable wall where a teacher um, who, who probably didn't weigh 100 pounds soaking wet was trying to move this massive wall to cordon off an area inside the classroom where these students could stay. And I thought if you can't if you can't implement this in one second or less less with very little effort, that chances are that that movable wall is not going to be effective. Yeah, um, yeah, that's probably. I think that's right. You know, the the instant locking doors uh, with the push panic button that is great right up to the moment that the that the shooter is able to enter the environment or the two. In this case, we're talking about coworker on coworker violence. If they're in the same area, I can't lock a door if they're already in there. And, and by the way, folks, the, the FBI and um, a couple other agencies have made a video years ago 
called Run, Hide, Fight. And that video is still available for free for download from the FBI, and they've updated some of the other stuff. And I'm certainly not a, a uh, personal defense expert, but the engineering controls um, are, are going to be grasping at straws because you don't know when it's going to happen. So isolation is not going to work. Running is not always going to hurt uh, work. Um, so let's go do some administrative controls. And I want to talk a little bit about that, but I want to skip over that and talk about PPE. I'm not giving everybody knife proof and bulletproof vests. I don't think that's effective. So in this case, <laughs> administrative controls are the way to go. Um, so, so I have a couple of potential solutions and Chad, I'd love for you to give me some feedback. And the first one, I don't think really needs any feedback, which is folks, you need to have a good emergency action plan. And that involves getting uh, counsel, whether it's legal, HR and security experts before you develop any kind of plan or policy seek outside professional help um yep. you know uh policies on co-worker conduct and reporting so so let's be, before i get your feedback on that one chad i want to roll back to the uh uh the the event where it had happened in the shift before whatever the conflict was um it it, it was known that it happened at the end of the shift and then it exploded the next morning um do you think a policy on coworker conduct and reporting may have actually prevented uh, that event the next day? Yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I was actually thinking about that um, when. So, my experience and my time spent in the restaurant business, working and we'll say food safety, but also being a like a director and a manager. So you've got you've got all the components, right? You're 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 wanting to make sure that. Um, Things are taken care of related to like kitchen cleanliness. You're you're serving food, but also you've got the other side of um, not only thinking about employee to customer interaction, but employee to employee interaction too. And I remember probably at least a handful of occasions where there was an altercation. It, you know, maybe verbal. I can't ever remember. Maybe one time where there was like a fight or something like that. Uh, employ like employee on employee violence, I guess you could right. say. And the policy would have been, in some sense, you want to say common sense, but the policy too was very clearly this is a recordable thing. We write this down. We're, you know, calling the manager who's coming in the next day, probably the owner of the company, at least with the restaurant that we were in, was a little smaller, and just say, Hey, <clears throat> excuse me, um, these two guys had this issue. And by the way, I looked, they're supposed to work tomorrow. And they're supposed to be working together. So we need to call some other people in. We need to make a change. Maybe these guys need to be disciplined or something like that. But if there's something that has caused them to have an issue tonight, we talk about that as much as we can. We probably don't want these guys in here tomorrow at, you know, six in the morning in the kitchen where it's hot and something else is going to happen. So that's yeah. just, a, just a small example. I think you've got to have some policies. You want to say that those things seem to be common sense, but then there's probably the caveat that we've got to move beyond that. Uh, we've got it won't to have these to policies me. in place. You no, know, you, 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 sure. it won't happen to me. And, and my one of my favorite jokes, I'm glad you said common sense, is if sure. common sense was so common, we'd both be unemployed, you know, yep. uh, in, in the safety world. So policies, yeah. And, and that also goes back to management training, which you talked about, do I take action or not take action? Uh, and I and I hate the zero tolerance concept because sometimes a minor event becomes a major 
event because management has zero tolerance on something, yeah. but it really does take management training to identify conflict, uh, de-escalate, and then um, separate. Um, what is that old yeah. saying? Uh, distance makes the heart grow fonder. When you have two people in conflict, separate them for a long enough period of time and let the 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 uh, uh, heatedness go down. Um, I, as we were talking about this, and, and, and I know we're running kind of short on our, our time that we've allotted for our podcast, I worked at a company where a uh, two managers got into a fist fight. And uh, oh, wow. one of them was was uh, uh, dismissed and the other one was demoted. And then mm -hmm. three months later, that company bought another company and the manager that was fired was the manager of that company. So they were right back into the exact same situation. And, and because of the zero tolerance, they actually never worked on resolving what the issue was. So these same two men were back in the same environment, um, um, in the, almost the same roles uh, with the conflict again. So, so yeah. resolving conflict resolution, manager training, uh, worker conflict training, learning how to de-escalate. I mean, uh, part of, uh, uh, and not trying to do the politics, part of, Part of uh, some of our societal issues might be that we we are um, we don't do conflict resolution. We do uh, conflict polarization. Uh, so rather than yeah. saying, "Hey, how can we work together on this?" My view and your view, and then they just do nothing but butt heads uh, rather than looking for for that. Uh, Chad, great talk today. I really uh, I, I know we're, we we want to keep this short, sweet to the point, so our our listeners can uh, uh, get what they need for the morning stuff. Uh, this wraps up our Morning Safety Unlocked podcast. I'm Tim Neubauer with Chad Huffman. Thanks for listening. Have a safe and enjoyable Easter weekend, and we'll see you next time. Exceed Safety, LLC.